everyone welcome to Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com my name is abhishek and to talk about this cover story is ashish misra the principal correspondent and uh, might i also add the auto expert at forbes india hi ashish hi hi abhishek how are you doing great and center of this week's cover is daimler and its plans for india but unlike uh, you know what people might think it's it's not about fast cars but a far more challenging segment both to cover as a journalist and also to understand as a reader so can you please tell us what what this story is about very briefly ashish this story is um, about the latest entrant in the commercial vehicles market you know it's a multinational company which has been around um, in the news or you know people have heard about it uh, since about 2006 it's been a long long time the story basically talks about the huge amount of uh, preparation and seriousness at which they have looked at the india market so it, it's it's a story about how how they've gone about the whole strategy of uh, putting their business plan and and taking on competition because uh, india is for most practical purposes a duopolis market where almost 62% market share is with tata motors which is the largest trucking company in the country i mean and, and the only company in the world probably which makes trucks from you know 1 ton to 49 tons then there is a chocolate which has about or 22% market share so you need some serious serious uh, preparation if you're you know if you have to take on these two players and uh, and then it's like an next you know looks like a very interesting uh, company in the recent past which are the players which have tried to make an entry in this market which is led by tata motors and ashok leland there are a few other players you the joint venture that's i should involve which happened some time back and uh, started to kind of uh, you know get some results on its own volvo on its own uh, volvo trucks tried quite some time back to get the opportunity but it never really got this kind of scale that perhaps it started with then there is uh, another company called asia motor works which is which is there again uh, a very small player right now there is of course uh, the big entrant in the market uh, Uh, about two years back, which is Mahindra Navistar. Again, they had uh, huge ambitions of uh, cracking the market. Uh, you know, they did have a product pickup initially, and uh, the rollout of the dealer front and sales and after sales was not uh, was not very very strong uh, on account of various reasons. So they again are of uh, you know very small uh, size and presence right now. In 2006, you had examples like Scania, uh, you know, which is a Swedish trucking company. They wanted to entered in there and they had a joint venture with uh, Larsen and Dubro again that never took off i think in 2008 uh, and then said that it does not want to enter the motor business then you had Hino uh, which was again an interesting company which tried to crack in there again i think it is uh, not done very well um, there is example of Force Motors and Man again a joint venture where uh, Man wanted to get into the medium and heavy commercial vehicle space but both partners had different ideas of how how they would go about uh, building their product for india and uh, you know the common thread if you if you kind of look at it is uh, you know when multinational companies have come in with the idea you know that they are going to offer a superior product uh, but almost always have, have kind of failed on pricing it correctly with the expectations of the market and uh, you know matching it with a uh, with an after sales and service network that works uh, on various accounts which are very very important for a truck or a, or for a transporter it has fallen short so if you look at a transporter in india i mean the things that really matter for him are 
price of fuel efficiency how good is your after sales and service network and so uh, how good is your resale value of the truck that you buy and if multinational companies you know one after the other they they kind of are you know not able to crack the market it it creates a fear in the mind of the transporter whether he should switch from an established manufacturer like a tata motors and ashok leyland to an mnc and uh, you know people have been left high and dry in the market as the story talks about where in uh, fleet operators who have bought the uh, you know trucks and 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 suddenly they find that these companies have exited the market and and then they they become very difficult so so which is why there is huge amount of skepticism and uh, in the mind of the fleet operator yeah and and with this kind of a background where so many established players have tried to come in and make a mark and then have left midway daimler comes in and uh, as your story states that it has possibly the the biggest greenfield project outside europe that, that is the amount of investment that they've made and how seriously they are taking and the man in charge of the project is uh, mr mark uh, listosea and you've met him in person and somebody who is given an assignment like this must have an impressive resume so can you take us through how he is in person and w- what is it to lead a company or a unit as challenging as this one you know mr listosea is a very interesting person and In fact, he spotted the India opportunity. If, if I have to mention that first, in 2005, when Daimler was studying um, most of the emerging markets for the growth strategy, and it was his decision to come to India and do the project assignment and see whether the market exists and how would Daimler actually go about cracking the market. So, you know, a team of six Germans came here and uh, you know studied the market, went about in trucks and and uh, meeting transporters almost always on the road, tearing down trucks and. at uh, the transport corporation of india's go down and gurgaon uh, it is a lot of work for the first six months just to understand what this market is all about and um, you know this year did that uh, pretty well and before that if you look at it i mean he's you know he he's one of those guys who actually speaks his mind he's he what i definitely liked about him was that um, there is no pretense and you know there is nothing that he probably would hide from you so he's very uh, in your face about everything so Then let me just give you an example of how hardworking the man is. I mean, so it takes him about uh, approximately three and a half hours uh, to go through uh, the entire list of uh, people at Daimler as to how their appraisals have been. And next thing is that he gets to office and makes sure that it is known to uh, you know to the HR manager that these are the points that he liked and these are the points that he did not like, and 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 the change should happen effectively. So very very hands on. as really hard working i mean you know a lot of uh, senior managers don't do that or ceos don't do that but let's just say uh, actually gets into the details of everything i mean details of hiring people of what are the kind of people that he would hire he actually spoke about it in our interview where he said that um, you know anybody who gets into office and says that i know you know commercial vehicles industry and i know everything about it you know he he asks to get out i mean and anything who says that i don't know anything is is a person who actually gets hired and and i think a lot of it is also because of his own background where where he got into dimla from a banking assignment and dimla wanted him to do a marketing project and and then want to pay him for it and um, he said uh, you know you guys are arrogant but i'll prove it to you that i can make a good marketing and sales guy and then he went on to become a good marketing and sales guy So I was hired by Daimler and they said we don't need you because you're a national economist you're a banker we have some is okay if you don't need me okay. oh we would like to have you for something so what is it 
Ah, we have a marketing introduction. We have some marketing skills? Yes. So you make the marketing introduction in Germany for one product in one region. You do this. Free of charge. So you free of charge do you think you are? Yeah, because we think you, you can't do that. I said, you can do it. Oh, we will see. So I did it. Very successful. Then they made me an offer and said, come on, you can do it. I was just 27, 28. I said, okay, I tried it out. So I tried it out. And in two years, I was a salesman of the year. I sold like hell. I sold to everybody. I sold everything to everybody. So they said, after two and a half years, you know what? You stop being a salesman. Now you come to the headquarter. Mr. Lister's here. You know, has been in India for six years. His wife actually moved uh, to India about three and a half years back, and um, but she was again with Daimler. You know, if you must know, uh, he has six children, two of whom are with him in India, which is um, you know in Chennai. They are living with uh, with the parents, and uh, you know he's an absolutely family man. And uh, but uh, when he's on the job and when he's on working, he's absolutely brutal. So you need somebody like that at the top who's driving it, and and the passion that he has about um, proving things is 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 something that actually caught me by surprise because he just wants to prove his point that that a market exists and he can crack it where everybody else has failed. I think that's pretty much what's driving him. So so yeah, very very interesting uh, person. So what are the basic lessons that he might have learned, which clearly some of the other companies missed in the past few years while on the job, while you know. The sweating it out on the road. You know what Daimler seems to believe and believe and claim is that uh, you know commercial vehicles market has been one that where there has been no choice. So for a transporter, it has always been that it's either going to be a Tata or it's going to be a Leyland. There is no choice other than that. And uh, what Daimler is saying is that what we want to do to the market is create a third choice. So they are building their entire business model is built on, uh, you know, built on creating that third big option for a transporter. And as I mentioned before, I mean, they have worked at, uh, clearly through all the lines of price and fuel efficiency and uh, after sales, very, very well thought out after sales and uh, sales strategy, sorry, after sales and service strategy, very well thought out, uh, you know, financing the opportunities for a transporter. So, you know, every single thing which matters to a transporter has been looked into, studied in detail, a project report has been prepared inside the organization to look at it. So let me just probably give you an example, and, and this might be slightly technical, but, but you know, which I found fascinating. So if you look at the market, uh, you know, after the Euro 3 emissions kind of came in, what they found is that a lot of truckers had issues with um, the fuel filters, you know, uh, which was, uh, you know, which is a rotary fuel filter uh, that would often break down because of fuel adulteration, which is very, very common in there. So what Daimler said is that we can't, uh, we can't have this happening to our fuel filters because this kind of a fuel filter um, can't be repaired at an ordinary service shop. It has to go to a special micro-authorized, you know, service shop. And, and the trucker faces downtime, but he loses money. So they said, okay, what do we do? So the two options before them was to, you know, either look at, you know, go back to Euro 2 or Euro 1 fuel filter or, or find something from the global stable, you know. And um, so they came up with something that is called um, unitized fuel filter, which is nothing but... Um, a fuel filter which um, which uses for lubrication the you know the engine oil it doesn't use fuel now that's completely different and you know and it, it creates a completely different uh, choice for the transporter and and this one uh, this fuel filter uh, you know it's unitized in the sense that each uh, powers uh, all the cylinders of the you know and probably 
you know, cylinders of the engine. So it's it's completely new option for the transporter, and and they claim it's you know doesn't break down. Another example is what they've done, and Daimler believes that the Indian market, uh, the largest players like Tata Motors and Ashok Leyland, do not need a service setup of uh, you know 3,000 locations plus or 1,500 locations plus because. Uh, these are institutions that are the, a burden of the past, where and reliability of the trucks were so poor that you needed somebody to kind of take care of your truck every hundred kilometers. So the way they look at it is saying that you know, 10 to 12 years back, every manufacturer you know was recommending an oil and filter change at about you know 5,000 kilometers. So if you are probably traveling from Calcutta to Chennai, somewhere on the way on your way back, you might want you know you have to actually look for a service option. So a network of that spread was very, very important. Times have changed. You know, today uh, all manufacturers actually recommend 30,000 kilometers of, uh, you know, oil and filter change. What they is saying is that um, they started with, you know, the basic benchmark was uh, how is it possible that we don't have to see the face of the transporter for the six months, you know, at a stretch. This is what the marketing team, you know, who was part of the initial hire told the, you know, R&D team saying that we do not want to meet the trucker for six months. You know, we don't want to see his face. So they, they asked him, okay, how much six months means how many kilometers? They said 50,000 kilometers. So if you look at their product strategy, it isn't, uh, you know, service uh, strategy. It is entirely on 50,000, 1 lakh, 1 lakh, 50,000, and 2 lakh kilometers. That's how they're structured, which is completely different. And again, they're fundamentally, you know, looking at the market very, very differently from how other people have looked in and the interesting bit is that Daimler has not shied from putting its investments on the ground. So they are building, you know, when they start with a 70 touch point network, which is which is pretty good. They start with the manufacturing capacity of, uh, you know, 32,000 units, which is again very good. And they start with uh, a full line of products. So, you know, while the initial months will be of, you know, two, three products, three products actually, you know, they, they're trying to launch one product every year, you know, for the next 17 months, or, you know, after July. So, so that's a long, you know, that's a long lineup of, of of product offering in the market. What are the other learnings that I can talk about? I mean, you know, the two big things again, which matter to a, you know, to a trucker is the price and the fuel efficiency. And uh, unlike other manufacturers who've come to India, uh, I don't think Daimler has shied in, you know, kind of uh, saying that, uh, you know, they are going to compete on these two parameters too. So so they have made an outright claim, and this is a claim at this stage, that all their trucks uh, that they will launch, uh, you know, will not be, you know, very, very expensive. They will be about 9% more expensive compared to competition. That's their claim. While on the fuel efficiency side, uh, it will be 10% and more than competition. I think just to cut you in there for a moment, I also read that, and we, we know this, anyone who's ever seen a truck driver speed in the ghats, that they generally are on neutral and, uh, and yeah. the, the reason of course is they want to save on fuel so when you have that as your normal truck driver that's that's his attitude what is the reply from Daimler to this very Indian trait of safety second but fuel efficiency first the safety really doesn't matter I mean you know it doesn't matter and here you look at trucks or you look at cars or you look at anything I mean safety is perhaps the last thing that is on the minds of people it's definitely changing but it is the last thing now there are two things that it can be. You can you can you know you can either make it as safe as possible, and you know you can be like a Volvo, which is like completely at the one end of the spectrum, or you can you can take an approach like what they is doing, which is uh, 
when you look at a global truck or when you look at something that is around you know around the world and then you kind of bring it to India, then you start de-stacking it, which is that you start cutting down things, but all the essentials which are important, uh, which will make a difference uh, for a driver are very, very important. So a ghat section is perhaps one of the best examples wherein everybody knows that, you know, truckers get into a lot of accidents because they do it. I mean, despite all the education or, or whatever you tell them, you know, this is a very, very common sight. And I've seen it myself on the, you know, the Mumbai Pune Expressway, how, how it happens. And a lot of people get into trouble because of this. So what these guys have done is that on the cruise control mode, when you are there, um, you know, the fuel is cut off. So so you don't really have to, you know, go in neutral and drive your vehicle. And something that once these drivers are educated or once these guys are trained to understand that this is possible, they won't attempt it, which will actually help save lives and, uh, you know, make life simpler. Now, are you telling me that such technology is not available in the rest of the world uh, that cannot be brought to India? No. What I'm saying is that it's it's fundamentally important and, and something that will change life for, for a person and should be here. So, which is what is being this whole point that in a market where you had a couple of options, um, we bring in the third option, and and we want it to work and 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 they're doing everything possible to make it work. Right. Yeah. And where is Tata Motors in all of this? Are, are there any plans that Tata Motors has to buttress this new competition, which? Uh, seems to be like a reasonable threat. You know, I was actually at one of Tata Motors dealerships. I spent quite a lot of time there, though, and you know, there were quite a few people running around and doing a lot of things. And and you know, I met quite a few dealers to understand what Tata Motors is doing. Officially, of course, Tata said that they do not want to talk on this story because um, they do not want to disclose uh, information which can be used by competition. But what they're definitely doing is, uh, is over the last one and a half years, is that you know you'll see it in the story that the key account strategy that they have, which is uh, a different treatment for a fleet operator with more than 100 trucks, has been has been, you know, has been put on very very seriously by Tata's. It has been actually been implemented in a very serious manner by Tata Motors. So there is an online platform where you can, you know, where a key account person can see everything that is about his fleet, service schedules, discounts, everything that, you know, that he really needs to know about that is there. You know, there are services being offered to reduce downtime, every effort is being made to do that. Um, and, and then there is an interesting move towards what at the dealership they were talking about, the primization of trucks, which is basically they have their existing portfolio of trucks, which will, you know, be converted into what a modern truck would be like. Like they have a modern truck range which they call the Prima. So they're taking a lot of learnings from the Prima and putting it in the existing range of trucks. Just to give you an example, they have an existing range like, you know, the 4018, which is a truck and um, which is a non-Prima truck. And, uh, you know, then then the next truck is uh, what they have is uh, 4028, which is a Prima truck. And the price difference between both of these is about about five and a half lakhs, I think. And um, what others are doing right now is uh, they're creating something in between because uh, for a customer, you know, for their customers, and this will be called the 4023, which is um, much lesser powered. It's a 230 horsepower engine uh, truck, and it is, uh, you know, not very expensive, but it is, it is looks like a Prima. It is much lesser powered than a Prima, but it looks like a Prima. It has a modern cab. It has all the necessities. It has uh, the GPS and the works, everything. So Tata knows what what Daimler has in terms of technology or or in terms of products and everything. And 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 they have, they will be absolutely prepared for it. I I don't have a doubt about it. Of course, uh, what one must understand, and I think this is very very important, is that uh, you know when two players are there in the market, uh, and they have been 
as long as Tata and Ashokian for about 50 years. And I'm sure you'll appreciate this, Avi. They've been around for 50 years. So there is one economy which, which functions wherein, you know, and this is the market truth, which is that, uh, you know, truckers buy their trucks from manufacturers and, and, you know, and then they start running them. But there is another whole economy that develops around the around these trucks. So, you know, if you are in Gujarat or in Delhi, there will be, there'll be hundreds of people, you know, selling uh, parts which are duplicates of Tatas and Angelins and, and everything. So the market reality is completely different, um, you know, different in the sense that it's a very challenging environment. I mean, hardly very few fleet operators actually, you know, get their truck serviced from Tatas if they have to change, you know, service from, you know, the the the, the company that they buy the trucks from. It's mostly done on the street. They do it, you know, the filter on the street will cost you about 150 bucks. But if you go to an authorized sales center, it will call you for, you know, cost you 450 rupees. So there's a huge price difference and, and that's the economy. And and that is what Daniel is up against, the real economy of, you know, how the market functions. They've spent a lot of time and effort to understand it, but this will be one hell of a job, which is how do you break that? So so it, it's not going to be very easy, you know, kind of just getting into the Indian market and, and putting a threat to competition. You know, of course, both these guys, Tata's and Ashok Leans, are very, very formidable companies. Even Leland and I, I haven't spent much time on Leland in the story, but uh, Leland is a very strong competitor down south. I mean, the kind of network it has, or the kind of products. I mean, none of the products are actually inferior, if you if you ask me. I think the universal truck platform that they've launched is it's actually a very good product offering, and and they've also beefed up in the last couple of years. So so it's going to be a it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be something which is very very interesting to watch. And, and something like this has never been attempted by anybody before. No, it's not. So, which is which is all the more exciting. Well, I think on that note and an interesting one, it's time to wrap up. Uh, thanks a lot, Ashish, uh, for your time. Thanks, Abhishek. It was lovely chatting with you. Thank you. And all you listeners, you can get this as usual on ForbesIndia.com as well as TheIndicast.com. And you can get all podcasts on iTunes as well. Just search for Forbes India there and subscribe to it once and for all. And to get a magazine at your place to subscribe, you can just message Forbes to 51818. That's about it. Bye-bye.